Traveling the Vortex. We've joined Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge-Stewart as he defends the greater UK and the Earth in episode 354. I'm Keith. I'm Glenn. How are you? I'm good. We're a duo tonight. We are. We're one person shy. Yes. Sean Sean has left us to do another podcast, and so he won't be returning. (laughs) And so it's just going to be Keith Keith and I from here on out, and we're just kidding. He's actually taking the week (laughs) off because he's ill this week. Yeah, so he he needed some much, much rest. He didn't want you guys to have to wait longer for this episode, so he said to power on without him and so we will we will do our best we'll do our best we've done it before yes yes we have not very often it seems like it's, it's been rarity. a really long time <laughs> the last time i can remember we were i think we reviewed the war doctor i think uh, so uh, novel yeah. and i think that was when he was at gallifrey i so. think so the last time he was at gallifrey which was like two years ago yeah a couple of years but we will soldier on as we always do how was your week i was pretty good i Continued on with my uh, 31 Days of Horror October movie challenge. Uh, Powering on? I'm trying to remember where I left off. Are you struggling with it or are you still know, just, enjoying it? It's still enjoying it. Oh, boy, I'm in the home stretch now. <laughs> I've only got two more left. Uh, where did I leave off? I did remake, right? Halloween, yes. So yeah. Creature Feature was the 23rd. And I chose Curse of the Swamp Creature from <laughs> 1966. It's horrible. Don't even Don't even bother. Uh, terrible. I even like campy B films. It was terrible. Ooh. Uh, for my rec- recommended by a friend, uh, I went with, I put a call out there last week on the podcast. I also put a call out on Facebook. I went with Saw because I'd never seen it from 2004 and I quite enjoyed it. Oh, I'm glad I don't you know like why it. I laid it wait this long to see it. <laughs> well, it's got this, especially the first one because of the sequels, it's got this misconception about it. And the fact that it's torture porn, but it's really not. It, the first one is very psychological. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was on the uh, 24th to 25th uh, for female director. I watched Near Dark from 1987. It's directed by, and I can't remember her name. Uh, she directed The Hurt Locker. She was married Catherine to. Catherine Bigelow? That's her. That was her first feature film. It's okay. It's an 80s movie. It's, uh, it's an 80s vampire movie. Yeah. <laughs> For the 26th uh, was the Categories Hammer film, and that's kind of hard for me because mm. I've seen a lot of Hammer yeah. films. But I couldn't remember. I looked through all the ones that I that you know that they list online, and I couldn't remember any of the details from The Mummy. And I thought, I know I've seen this. Um, so I did. I sat down and watched it because I couldn't remember any of it. Uh, it's one of those ones that it must have been one of my first Hammer films because uh-huh. every once in a while I remember things about it as I went. But... I didn't remember enough of the plot that it still qualified, so I got a refresher on that. It's probably been 20 years since I've seen it. So, oh, well, that's, yeah, that counts. I figured that, that totally counts. Right. Uh, which, you know, I quite enjoyed it. Peter Cushing and, and uh, Christopher Lee, always a good duo. Uh, for the 27th for found footage film, I did Paranormal Activity, which oh. is really good. It is. It's... I was quite impressed with it. Now, I don't think I would go on and do any more because now the gimmick's done. Yeah, and I feel like they would just be retreading, rehashing. Even though they, I think one of the next one's a prequel, and yeah, I think so. I think there's the a next one is a, is a, is like a, a they like the next one I think is a prequel. I read, and then the next one is what they call a uh, sidestep prequel. So it also takes place, but it's taking place simultaneously with the second film, something like that. 
then for B Horror, which I was really excited to do this because this has been on my radar for a long time. It's one called The Mad Monster. It's actually a werewolf. Oh. Uh, and then last night for the 28th, for, or no, 29th, for an Australian film, I finally got around to watching The Babadook. How is that? It's really good. Of this string of films that I watched, it's the best one on the list. Wow. Yeah. So I got two more left, which will be featuring a doll and then my, my choice. So I may go back to the recommendations and uh, fish one out of there for my choice on Halloween. But tonight, so what, what's going to be your tonight? Mind? I'm going to do Annabelle since I enjoyed uh, uh, the Conjuring so much. Thought I'd give Annabelle a shot. Nice. That's it. It's about all I did. I was sick yesterday with well, mostly allergy, just really bad allergies have hit me lately. So if I'm a little. Uh, if I sound a little congested tonight, a little <laughs> wore out, not as much energy, that's probably why. Oh, uh, yeah. What'd you do this week, Keith? We watched Stranger Things too. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm chomping at the bit. The whole that. thing. I'm you done. Watched the, you, <laughs> we got the whole thing <laughs> wow. watched over the weekend. <laughs> I told Holly to clear her calendar next weekend. Yeah, so. It's doable. I mean, It didn't feel like we binged it that much. I mean, we watched two episodes Friday and then like three Maybe four on Saturday, and then like, well, by then you've only got two or three left. Yeah, because and there's an extra episode this season. Oh, so is there? Taking into account, there's nine. Okay, and it does something really different for Stranger Things, which I I, I liked uh, with kind of that extra episode. Um, it does pretty much everything you hope Stranger Things two would do. It has some really great pairings that I didn't realize I wanted, and absolutely love. Um, I have one small complaint and that's more of a, I really, and it's not a, it's not a story complaint. It's a, something doesn't happen until so late in the season that I wished happened sooner just because I enjoy that aspect of it. Okay. Once you get there, you'll understand. And kind of as the season goes, you'll kind of, you'll understand too. You'll see what I'm talking about. But other than that, yeah, it was fantastic. The stakes are higher. Um, it, 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 to some extent loses a little something for not having as much mystery to it because you know that we know about the upside down now we know these characters we know what's going on kind of so there there's not as much mystery there but it kind of it it uses it to its advantage it pulls in some new tropes to try to do and executes them really well the new characters are for the most part really enjoyable there's one that's not supposed to be enjoyable so <laughs> he's he's brought in as kind of a antagonist a human antagonist for the for the characters so it's is that it's, paul riser's character no surprisingly oh okay yeah it's uh somebody else oh, okay well don't tell me i won't tell you i'm excited yeah it's i don't think we did really anything else uh Gemma kind of had her first laugh earlier in the week and so we've been trying to replicate that with no oh, success that's right congratulations kate on the the first oh, laugh. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I was supposed to go over your call and you Kate all night. I forgot. <laughs> I inside joke saw there. It on video. <laughs> inside joke there. Sarah had posted a picture about Gemma laughing and, and Keith's mom <laughs> replied, Has Kate seen her, <laughs> seen her do it yet? She is the worst about talk to text That's what she said. and not proofreading the talk to text. <laughs> I don't know how many times she misspells Gemma because of this also. <laughs> so there's a there's a video of her laughing that I've seen, but we haven't got her to actually laugh for us yet again. 
Sarah said she got another giggle today, but a very brief one. <laughs> so it's kind of a... Hmm, oh, there'll be lots of laughs. Trying to get her to do it again. <laughs> there'll be a lot of laughs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, let's move on to some news. Okay. Not a lot of news this week. However, they have announced the first director for Series 11. His name is Jamie Childs, and that's not anyone I recognize. He has been a second unit director on Poldark, is kind of his big claim to fame at this point. So he's done a couple of shorts, uh, something called Next of Kin, which is a TV series, Vera, and Stan Lee's Lucky Man, two episodes. So, yay, traction moving forward on series 11. Yeah, I mean, that's... (laughs) From here on out, we're just going to get these little nuggets of news until next fall. But uh, yeah, well, it's nice that it is. It's not too surprising, but it's also nice that it is some fresh blood. Yeah, I would agree. Some, something new, something different. Although I would not have been disappointed if Rachel Talalay came back to yeah. to to bridge that gap just Absolutely. because she's such a phenomenal director. But well, they may bring some. Oh yeah, well, the, the visual effects series director uh, company yeah. got re-signed for the next season, so there will be some consistency. It's not going to be completely brand new. Yeah, that's good. Our other little bit of news comes from Big Finish. I'm excited about this news. Which one? Well, so, there's two. <laughs> the River announcement specifically. We'll start with that one. Uh, so, not surprisingly, River Song is getting volume five and six, or four and five. And it, or is it five and six? Yeah, four and five. And she will be meeting the fourth doctor in volume four. Of course, series three, we'll see her meet the fifth doctor, Peter Davison, along with Madame Kavarian. Um, No details on the fourth doctor's box set yet. They just announced that it will be Tom Baker himself for the the next series and then series five will be released in January 2019. So unfortunately we have to wait till August 2018 for River and Tom That's all right. Baker to meet up. That'll help fill the uh fill part of the gap year, a little small yes. part of the gap year here. I yes. said gap year. We aren't getting a Not even all year. The gap between <laughs> the seasons. The gap nine months. Yes. <laughs> the other bit of news so their next Gallifrey box set is going to be called Gallifrey Time War. Um, unsure if that's going to be a whole new series going forward or just this one box set. However, it will feature the return of various companions, including Romana, Leela, and Ace in the Time War. Also, the War Master, of course, played by Derek Jacoby, and... Irving Braxiatel. Oh. Who we just learned a little bit about from at Time Eddie yeah. from Ben, who in the Virgin New Adventure series is the doctor's, doctor's brother. brother. Well, we had uh we knew that. We, we knew did. that from a story that we listened to yes. uh Big Finish uh, that alluded to his brother. Right. Yeah. So this is the well, first I may be, I may audio be, appearance. You know what? I may be thinking that out. No, I don't believe it is, but I may be thinking that out of order because I went and listened to the last adventure, the Six Doctors' last adventure, and I think that's where I oh, think that where it you comes from. It? I don't think we have tackled anything that has mentioned him now that I say that. Let's look at Irving Braxy as hell real quick. 
Oh, he might have been mentioned in Zagreus. Now that I think about it, I know been mentioned somewhere in his his presentation that it was. I think he's mentioned been mentioned somewhere. in Big Finish. I don't think he's actually been per- performed in Big Finish. Now that I think about it, mm. let's double check. There was a webcast with him in it. There was at least a mention of him in Zagreus and in 100 Days of the Doctor. Okay. And then, of course, in Theater of War, the novel adaptation. Right. He Which, will be in. That's and where he was introduced. He's in the, uh... been in a whole bunch of Bernice Summerfield stuff. Yes. So nothing we've listened to, but... And, oh, he's been around since Series 1 of Gallifrey. Oh, okay. That's where I know him from because I listened to the first couple of that story okay. of that season. So, yeah, it'll be exciting to uh, get to those. I kind of wonder if maybe we should uh, delve into some of the Virgin New Adventures though first to kind of get a taste of yeah his introduction. Could go either way. The Infinity Doctors maybe from the past Doctor Adventures. I don't know. That'd be good. We'll see. It would be nice to get some of these uh, Gallifrey box sets since there has been so many now. Yeah. <laughs> What are we on? Uh, oh, geez. Eight? No, it's not been that many. I think it's longer than that. You think? I think so. I can think of five off the top of my head, but... Uh, there is at least A's. Maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe... So maybe this will be nine. Yeah. This will be... Uh, okay. Gallifrey Time War will be nine. That's still a lot. <laughs> And especially when the first seasons started with at least, with quite a few. Uh, it wasn't like a four-episode series. It was like six or so. Yeah, they were mammoth series. Because they were, they were, there were some of the early box sets that they were releasing. And yeah. Able to do that. Cool. Well, looking forward to that as well. Yeah. That's it for news this week. How about feedback? Do we have any feedback this we week? We don't have any official feedback. However, Ben did weigh in on the Daughters of Earth on the Goodreads Book Club. Let's go ahead and read that out then. So Ben writes, This one was frustrating to me. The first 100 pages felt about 50 pages too long. The bulk of the book was pretty good, but the ending was very frustrating to me. The bad guy gets away, and the aliens who were so hot and heavy to get her were suddenly like, Meh, call when you find her. This book may raise, rise in my liking if the story is continued and concluded in a follow-up book at some point. And of course you can weigh in on the book discussion in the Goodreads Traveling the Vortex book club on obviously Goodreads. Yeah, if you've read this and uh, you still haven't commented on there, it's not too late. The thread is still open, so you can still do that. Uh, I'm going to go back and add to my uh, review or add my review after we uh, do ours on the podcast, which is what I try to do. And uh, make sure you uh, join. If you're not a member of the Traveling Vortex Book Club, go to Goodreads, get signed up. If you're not already signed up, and uh, join the club. And uh, we pick a new book every month. Uh, the ladies over at the Five-ish Fangirls, uh, Holly specifically, moderates uh, yeah. that forum for us. So she takes Which, care of that. She thank you really again, good Holly. Job. Yeah, she does a great job. All right, well, should we do our review of Daughter of Earth? Daughters of Earth? Well, let's start with uh, the two Brigadiers. Do we really need to? 
I don't know. It was released first. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we should since we've done them in release order. Is it? Yeah. Because I was thinking we did. Uh, we talked about Ben's review, and I thought, oh, we'll just go into Daughters of Earth because it doesn't really matter with the two, as long as we do the one short story after, because it does That's take true. place. After. Oh, well, let's do it chronologically from the Briggs perspective and do Daughters of Earth. First. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, so let's do Daughters of Earth first. Mix it up this week. Yeah. Give us control of the podcast. And we just <laughs> do what we want. Watch, we're going to make changes to the schedule, too, and he can't do anything about it. <laughs> to Leth- uh, The Daughters of Earth. To celebrate Lethbridge Stewart's birthday, a romantic weekend has is planned for him and Sally in a remote cottage in the Scottish Highlands. Unfortunately for Sally, freak weather causes her to crash her car. Lethbridge Stewart, meanwhile, is in Caragorm investigating UFO sightings. Elsewhere, the Daughters of Earth, a women-only peace movement, are making waves in the political world. But just who is their enigmatic leader? And what links the Daughters with the events in Caragorm and Sally's accident? What'd you think, Keith? Uh, this one was a little underwhelming for me. Uh, I think it had some really great ideas in it, and some really great characters and characterizations, but... It takes its time getting there, which isn't always a bad thing. Just in this instance, it could have gotten there a little bit quicker and had a little bit more meat on the bones, I think. It had great character development. It had great new characters, although I have a few issues with some of them. (laughs) Um, Mainly the fact that I had, especially in the very beginning, until they started killing him off, I had trouble keeping track of who's who. Yeah. Well, especially since we have, uh, is it a Trina and a... Yeah, oh. Tilly and Tilly Trina. Tilly and Trina, and I kept getting the girls mixed up in my head. Orca was pretty much the only one yeah, I could keep straight. I remember Orca and Carol. I could remember Carol's Carol, because Carol the Canadian always put the C's yeah, together, yeah. so I do those. Um, it, and it got a lot easier once they all got in one location. When they were spread out, I really struggled. Okay, yeah. where am I at with this person? Where? What, Agreed. What's, what's going on? Agreed. <clears throat> um, I, I'm with you. I think that there's... I think it t- it takes too much time spinning its wheels trying to get the story going. Uh, I think that the thing that frustrated me the most, I think, about the book is there's not a lot going on. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of action. It feels like, uh, is it Sarah Growagan? Is that we decided to say her name? I think so. Growagan. Uh, she, she seems to rely on the UFO occurrences to be kind of the the excitement, the climate, the small climactic moments and the action in it. Unfortunately, it feels kind of well, first of all, it takes a long time to get to it because the first couple of times times they try to see him, they they it doesn't come. Yeah. And then when they finally do start coming, it kind of feels like a retread over and over again. We uh, and gets nauseous, you know, the glowing from the phosphorus uh stuff uh on uh Bishop and in his you know veins is it because it's coursing through his body. Yeah, it, it just <clears throat> it seemed to get tiresome. Like there was nothing really new happening each time. Um, what I do like about the book is I think the characters are well explored. I think each of the characters, specifically our main crew, I think Anne Bishop, Lethbridge Stewart, and Sally all get equal time and get a lot to do. A lot yes. happens. Maybe Sally a little bit less as we get into the meat of it when she becomes one of the daughters of Earth. But uh, I think they all had a very good equal uh, footing. 
I think the women in the house, other than being confused at times, but I agree with you, especially when they're all together, it's a little easier to track them. I think each of the women are explored really well. I think the characters are developed well. Orca especially, Judith especially. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, And I think they're all written well. I think they're very different characters. The nice thing about them is none of them really are the same, even though they all kind of have this same pacifist-ish you know, mentality and attitude, you know, there's variations of difference between them or it could be yeah. the doctor or the nearly doctor, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the Spaniard, uh, was that, that was that mod? No, that, that was Trina. She, uh, she, you know, she has kind of that, she has that anarchist background. She has that, yeah. you know, uh, a little more rugged militaristic type. Uh, Maude, who you could tell was an older, wiser woman that had Judas' ultimate trust. And then you also had uh, Tilly, Tilly, who unfortunately meets her <laughs> de- untimely death a little early. That that actually was the biggest surprise for me in it. When that happens, I was like, oh, I did not see that coming. Yeah, me too. And in fact, I wondered why she chose to do that at that time because I thought that was awkward and a bit weird that, that, that Judith who had seemed so calculated and, and formulatic and, and had a schedule. Uh, it seemed like an impulsive thing for Judith to do, which was out of character for her. However, in order to advance the plot for Judith to find the things and find that she's actually the Laird of the, or she's the, yeah, the Laird of the manor instead mm-hmm. of her brother. Uh, that actually made sense then why we did it, why she wrote it that way at that point. And so I actually kind of appreciated it after it happened. Well, and that's the moment where, for me, everything at the house feels like it's no longer treading water. Yeah. It's moving. Everything's kind of kicked in the gear and started moving forward. I would agree. I would agree. And I'm I'm really glad that she dropped enough hints about the mushrooms and the phosphorescence that we're dealing with with the UFO that I was able to link those in my head as to why Sally wasn't more her normal self and kind of just went along for the ride with all of this stuff. So that was, I thought, really well executed of the the very subtlety of if you didn't pick that up, you could be like, well, what's why? And then you get that explanation. If you get to pick it up, it's a nice through through line throughout the entire book. Yeah, it doesn't spoil anything. It doesn't, you know, you don't go, well, that was like telegraphed. It actually kind of, it serves to further the... uh, the plot of what's happening there rather than being, oh, oh, I figured that out a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that uh, when Judith sends Lethbridge Stewart away the first time when he comes looking for Sally, that he is affected by her uh, whatever venom or whatever she put in him. I assume it must have been from the mushrooms, but... Uh, I got the impression that was like something she naturally created. Well, that's what I, but I, I, I guess what I'm saying is indirectly, I think of from the mushrooms because she obviously benefited from the mushrooms. Oh, and I yes. think that coursing through yeah. her veins must have created that. That's why I say, I think it's oh, and, a venom, and then the but, fact that she gave him the tea and that the fact that that comes into play because later. that, I think that was to further, because I think the, the scratch was an instantaneous, right. I'm going to make a command and you're going to obey it. And then the tea is going to continue to reinforce it. And I think what I liked about it is that even though at first Lethbridge Stewart really seems to have been affected by it, I think eventually he kind of he's you can tell that he's kind of forcing through it and he has a little more of a resolve over the influence. And so I like that about him because it kind of spoke to his character as well. well. And then the fact that it comes back into play when he goes back to the house and sneaks in and she's able to kind of control him because of that pinprick still. Right. 
and then it takes him for a good detox for him to really get rid of right. it and get over it. And yeah, I liked all that stuff too. Um, I thought the UFO, well, I'd say it felt kind of retreaded after a while, but I thought the initial explanation of what the UFO was doing I like, to them, I sort yeah. of thought, and I thought it was misdirected. I sort of thought that the UFOs were connected to Dr. Zerf and they are indirectly directed, uh, connected, but, um, I thought they were in conjunction with each other. So to find out then later that they were actually trying to communicate, I thought, okay, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and the fact that they're looking for Judith and wanting to take her back home because she's a basically a prisoner Fugitive. of zero. Yeah. Fugitive. Um, I also really like the fact that the the UFO was... I just blanked on what I was going to say. Well, it wasn't a, a malicious. Yeah, it wasn't yeah, malicious. It wasn't, I, I really yeah. liked. Yeah, I did. I did like that. Aspect it was a bit a lot. benign. I think what uh, I was a little concerned about was that the UFO UFO was going to be a little bit uh, dusek. How do you say it? Dusex machina. Machina. Uh, that it was going to come in and solve things or fix oh, it for yes. them. Ultimately, it was going to be the one that captured Judith, or you know, it was going to be a little too overwhelming for Lethbridge Stewart's team, and they weren't going to be able to do anything. So they were going to come in and save the day. I was a little worried that she was going down that path. Fortunately, she didn't. But yeah, although there, there is, I, I think one of the biggest missteps with the UFO, however, is the there's a big convenience with it where transplanting Anne to yes. the village, <laughs> and then in turn rescuing Carol, Carol and transplanting over, her yes, to the village. just to move yeah. the plot forward. That yeah. was. That was the point, points where I was like, oh, that's kind of a stretch. I for forgave me. it because I felt that it did middle along. I, I, I thought we were going to get to a point where we were going to have to go through Carol escaping and getting out of the house and figuring out how to get past the ladies and figuring out how to get to the village. And I sort of thought, you know what, that kind of took care of that. We didn't have to go through that. And so I was actually a little bit relieved that that kind of worked out that way. So yeah, I'm I'm torn on that aspect because on one hand, I'm glad we didn't have to go through that. But on the other hand, I feel like they could have cut some of the getting up to kidnapping Carol well, that, out to fit that in. My point, though, yeah, is because we had already gone through all that, yes. I was kind of grateful. But I agree, it would have been better to trim that at the, towards the front. Because that would have also given us a little yeah. bit more action near the end. And I think it might have done a little more to develop Carol's character as well, because I think Carol remains this mystery, and you kind of suspect that there's something going on, especially since Lethbridge Stewart runs across her unknowing. You know, they, it's not all but... It's all but said to us that it's Carol that snuck out of the room at the same yeah, time. Yeah. And uh, so we're, you know, going down that road, she's this mystery this whole time until it's finally revealed that she's working for the CIA. And, you know, as, as Judith finds out in the documents mm-hmm. that Trilly's got upstairs. And so and then the I, fact that she just winds up copying to it. Yeah. To, to I think had it had that uh, escape and maybe given her a little bit more to do, that might have developed her character even more. Because I quite enjoyed Carol, uh, but it just felt like she was the one that was a little underserved. Yeah, I would agree. And, and to some extent, that early section when they're at the house, and it's it feels very much like it's, what are we going to do about the brig, what are we going to do about Sally? I mean, when they're all sitting around, not really doing anything, I felt like that could have been better used to explore the daughters and kind of, cause I walking away from this book as an organization, 
I really don't, still don't know much about them. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what their what their main goal is, what their ideals are, other than pacifism. It just feels like it's that's kind of a missed opportunity to kind of to have some sort of message or some sort of stance in there that they, she could have done. Maybe maybe she didn't want to. I'm not sure. I it just felt like a missed opportunity. I sort of wonder else. though. Also, I think what's unclear is what Judith's motivations are. Yes. And I think because it's left open-ended and Judith does escape at the end, spoilers, <laughs> uh, I think that uh, that must be left open-ended so that she can either be a big bad, big bad through I'm the rest a, of this series or she can return later down the line. I'm a, I'm, I really hope she better return. So I want a no, resolution oh, to the story. <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's just it. It, 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 it ends very open-ended. It ends very without a, a definite satisfaction. But I think that... What should have been maybe made a little more clear is you named the book Daughters of Earth. You don't tell us much about what the Daughters of Earth movement is. Which is obviously a front of some kind. Right. And I can I can forgive that if this is just a way that Judith is hiding. She's using this as hiding yeah. and even substance and food. But because she does attack Tilly and, and you know... Well, she doesn't even really eat her. She just attacks She's, her and then dumps her the, in the, the cave for her to decompose. And but I think that 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 the difficulty I have with that is it, it did it, there's just not enough delivery on her motivation for why she's yeah. doing this. Yeah, had they 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 could have gotten away with not doing any, you know, sort of feminist type stance of delving into that sort of topic with the daughters. Had they instead given us a, okay, here's what Judith's real motivations are. Here's why she's doing all this. What the end goal really is. Unfortunately, I think that is probably going to be safer later yeah. book. Well, uh, uh, yeah, as you said, I think it would have given us more. I, I could have been forgiving of not knowing what the Daughters of Earth was had we gotten that little piece. Which, and if this, if this is the first part of a larger saga, depending on how the saga plays out, I may be more forgiving of this story. But it's kind of like this schizoid Earth stuff. It's kind of, it was enjoyable and slightly confusing at times but in the big picture i hope it has importance and not just some weird isolated oh that well that was kind of that thing but there's really i just gotta have faith in andy yeah <laughs> <laughs> what another thing i really liked is how she was able to move all the relationships forward yes the fact yeah. that ann and bishop are now about to go on their first date and the budding romance even more throughout this whole story. And then at the same time, the spiralization of the Brig and Sally and what's almost truly heartbreaking about it is the Briggs almost going the opposite direction that Sally is because he's so worried about her through all this. And he's almost. So did you think so? Because I I think there's, I think there's a time there after he leaves the camp, realizes that Sally's gone. I, there, there, you can tell that there's some concern. And there, he goes through a, a, a time of, I don't want to say a mourning period, but he goes through a dire concern period. But then it almost seems to wane a bit. Maybe that's because he moves into the next stage of their helplessness. There's nothing I can do about it because she hasn't turned up. Maybe that's where it goes with well, I think it. There's some of that, and I think some of the fungus plays a part of that oh, I, I certainly think that's true yeah so because th- there were comments that bishop made to Anne later in the book about how the rig was handling all of missing sally that 
he seemed a lot like or his like a heavy heart his shoulders were more yeah slumped. yeah that's right yeah I forgot so about that. i i if it's throughout this journey so far from the very beginning to now of this relationship with bishop it's or not bishop with uh sally it's take for him it's taken this slow ramp up and unfortunately for Sally, it's taken a slow ramp down. And it's kind of heartbreaking to see that. And then the resolution of them actually breaking it off at the very end, I thought was very well executed, very well written. The other thing it does without getting mired in depressed Anne is it does have her continue to deal with yes. the recent loss of her father as well. Coping and, with and, it. And does a really good job. I agree with you on every point you just made about all of that being the really great part of the book. Unfortunately... Now it makes it feel like that this all this was was a vehicle for that, well, and I think that 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 then is a strike against it as well. Because while all of that relationship development was done very well, and I enjoyed it and thought that was great, unfortunately, because there's not a lot underneath there with <laughs> with the story supporting it, and now it sort of feels like that was just a vehicle to get us from, you know, well, it, from it, there it, to there. To some extent, it does feel like a character novel, not a plot novel. Right. Right. And. So it, it depends on what you're looking for when you're, when you're approaching that sort of thing. If you're wanting the, the details of these characters and the growth of the characters, yes, this is a great example of it. If you want a, a great compressed story, this is not the book for you, unfortunately. I think my favorite character in it is Judith. I think she's written really well. She seems very manipulative. You mm-hmm. don't quite know what her motivations are. It doesn't pay off because we don't <laughs> still don't know her motivations. Still don't know are. The motivation but are. I do like the fact that she was this mysterious woman that you don't know a lot about. They she uh, the author continues to allude to this. She's not human, but she doesn't really come out and say it. She talks about the the skin suit coming off one morning when she's waking up kind of flapping back and her having to fix it. Yeah. Uh, she talks about how wanting she to remove it, didn't have to the time it, to put it back and, on, uh, wanting to be able to fly when she's trying to get back to the house quickly, but she knows that she wouldn't be out, be able to, do, to get back into the suit soon enough. So I really like how she's kind of painted the character throughout the whole thing. And you really kind of get little glimpses of what she really might be. When I like how she starts off so calm, cool and collected and throughout the book, slowly kind of spirals out of control. Well, even at certain times where you feel like, you know, she, she certainly is doing that spiral, but there are certain times where you feel like she, you almost feel like she might get a step ahead because she's always changing the plan. She's always thinking yeah. ahead. She's always yeah. figuring something else out to do. And so I appreciated that, but you all still, still see that fact that she realizes that she's spiraling further out of control and she goes from being that calm, cool, collected pacifist mode into a little bit, just a little bit more of a manic, okay, what are we going to do here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah desperation. Yeah. So, Overall, I think it's a, it's a decent book. It's, uh, it's, not, it's not bad by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did enjoy the read. I, just, I, I think I wanted much more for the motivations, and I think that the, the substance of the story just isn't quite there with this yeah. one but uh, I agree it advances those relationships and so that gets marks for me as and well. I, I do have to agree a little bit with Ben that the ending is a little frustrating and that's not the type of ending we're used to from these books either sure. so uh, on one hand it's uh, good on you for doing something different on the other hand it's uh, ah, she got away it's not the resolution we want but yeah I, I agree with what you said it's, it's a very well written fairly well paced for the most part story that as a as a good installment, but not one of the higher marking 
Lethbridge Stewart novels. Very good. Well, let's, shall we move on to the cruel oil? Let's do. I don't have a synopsis for this. I one. don't think the shorts usually do. I have one for the two brigadiers. Oh, you do? Okay. So. Well, I'll start on this one. I actually, uh, I liked this uh, well enough. I don't think that they're, it, this one feels hurriedly written. And by that, I mean, it feels like uh, we go from instance to instance, to instance mm-hmm. to instance. And I think part of that is because when you're trying to write a short story and you're putting so much into it, you've got this body that's washed up, it's covered in oil, but it's pretty much just the skeletons left. Starts out with this great, I thought, opening with the mm-hmm. the gal coming out, realizing that you know there's a dead body, calling not I think nine nine nine, which I think is an anachronism because are we sure that nine 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 was around in the 1970s? Because I don't I think nine one one came out till the late 70s in the U.S. Maybe the maybe the U.K.'s had their emergency system sooner, but anyway, that just seemed... first introduced in the London area, June 30th, 1937. Oh wow, okay, so it's been world's around for... oldest, largest. World's oldest emergency call, te- call okay. telephone. Well, there service. you go. Good on you then. So no anachronism there. Nope. Um, but <laughs> uh, but calling you know nine 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 and then going uh, uh, up there and then being attacked. I think it was a great start. To yeah, the book. it really was. Um, I think the interesting thing about this is there's no brigadier in it at all, Mm-mm. which I thought was kind of cool because again, kind of like the one where Anne and uh, Bishop are under that spell and they're trapped in that hotel and they're going out and, and they can't, you know, they're, they're under oh, the, the plane dead. Yeah. The plane dead. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, they're under the influence of that alien that's got them uh, you know, basically sedated and they're having this in a, a dream scenario type thing. Kind of like that, where we get more of Bishop and Anne together trying to solve the problem. I thought that was kind of cool. Fomorians was kind of the same way, but although we had Samson interjected into that, yeah. one, no brigadier into that, but um, so I kind of like that. Um, I think it was, a neat little uh, thing that it advances on the fact that at the end of Daughters of Earth, Anne tells her friend that she's going to, well, her friend suggests that she ask Bishop out Mm -hmm. on a proper date and she's going to do that. So this picks up sort of from that point where they're having this date. And I think it's, it's really neat that it's, they pick this really kind of out of character place for them. (laughs) Uh, What may probably seems like on the surface society's, way that you have a date yeah and so they've kind of picked that to kind of go down the road of the average person the, the normal date yeah and being but and but being completely out of place for them in fact <laughs> almost rescued by the fact that yeah. bishop gets the call um and then them going there and i really i, I love Anne in this because she's very this is this is plays Anne's character really smart especially when she goes there and the the two doctors are there and they can't figure out you know what What's going on with this? What? Who this person is? They haven't even identified him yet. And she just launches into that investigative mode of, well, he's got you know this piece of metal here from a surgery, and then his hand, and, and she completely you know breaks it down. And I thought, oh, that is so good. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. And then the fact that the guy behind it all wasn't anticipating someone as smart as Anne showing up. To, yes. <laughs> to do all this. I thought that was very clever <laughs> as well. What uh, one of the, this story, I thought was written so well that. It's one of those shorts that you almost could flesh out into a full novel. That, I think that's why I feel like it was hurriedly written. Yeah. Because I really felt like it. there could have been a lot more to it. There are shades to what was series three of Lethbridge Stewart in this. A whole bunch. I think they're between... Um, not Showstoppers. The one after that one. Uh, 
Well, Blood of Atlantis is, Blood of is Atlantis. very much in mind, this. especially with the oil rig. Yeah, and, and then the the grandfather infestation. Yeah. There's a little bit of that in yeah. this also. That It just feels like there's so much rich ideas here that it could be really expounded on. And, and that's almost to its detriment because there are such good ideas that a short story can't fully convey those well enough. Aside from setting it all on fire at the end, yeah, I mean, <laughs> which was a nice, exciting uh, resolution, but yeah, I I really enjoyed this story. Yeah, they did. It sank into the sea. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it was because of this gal, which I thought was kind of a neat little through thread too. The gal that's attacked at the very beginning of the story is actually the gal that kind of saves the day at the end because yes. she does ha- she retains some of at least some of her. I can't remember the girl's name. Uh, I read this most recently. It started with a B. Brittany? Becky? Becky? Maybe. Anyway, the girl having that connection and Anne actually early on making that connection with her and kind of jostling, you know, jogging something in in her that that, uh, allows her to do that. I like, I just love how Anne is pretty much always one step ahead of this bad guy the entire time. Agreed. It's just so well Slipping the note to Bishop so that he'll go get the equipment and see where she's gone. Uh, I like the idea of this entity that is trying to. It, it almost have almost have to have a little bit of sympathy for it because mm-hmm. there's obviously this underlying uh, species or, or 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 at least sentient species in the Earth that he seems to be trying to help. He becomes a little bit megalomaniac about it ultimately. And, but you can kind of see his point of, you know, bringing he, people here that don't have, you know, a chance or much to, to take yeah. them over so that they can be, you know, the host for these beings that are that they're coming up through the ground or that they're drilling up through from the earth that have been laying, you know, dormant. I, I, yeah. I you kind of have to sympathize with him a little bit. And in fact, I wasn't sure the author was going to push me enough to hate him. <laughs> So that I could, I couldn't see Anne. I couldn't because I kept seeing it coming. Because at the point, you know, that Bishop's coming, knows that Anne's in trouble. You think, oh, they're coming. Are they going to just do a a full out Silurians and blow it up? You know, and not have to deal with them, or are they going to find some peaceful? Is there well, is there going to be a peaceful resolution, or are we finally going to push to the point where I feel like, yeah, it's justified that they go in, and they do get to that point where I do feel it's justified, although it's really not even the fifth operational core that has to do it because we do have the one gal that saves the day at the end that was uh, attacked at the beginning and yeah, was taken true. over and, and playing host to this entity. Yeah, so it's, it's almost the fact that the scientists get to take center stage throughout the entire thing and then almost save the day at the same time, even though I think it's Beth, actually, is her name. Beth is her name. You're exactly right. I looked it up. Uh, (laughs) I thought you just remembered. It was Uh, Beth, yes. Yeah, but so it's, even though Beth kind of saves the day, it's not the military guys swooping in and and saving everyone. It's kind of them resolving it themselves with a little bit of help to escape. Yeah, well, and and, and Anne obviously plays a hand in that because she's the first one to be able to connect with Beth because I don't think if she had connected with Beth, Beth would have done that on her own. So I think that credit still goes to Anne for that as well yeah it was good it was an enjoyable read yeah. it was like i say i felt like it was it it paced on a little too fast for me but i think you you hit the nail on the head it feels like it probably could be stretched out into a, a larger book and maybe i would have 
rather had that than yeah. have it in a short story form. But for what it is, it's it's quite enjoyable. One of the things I think they could have even fleshed out on more it was this guy's plan. To to some extent, it seemed like he was. It's like almost his. It's his humanity that kind of twists what this entity wants to do and makes it evil. Whereas the entity is almost pure and wants to do good where the humanity aspect and kind of twisted. I think that could have been really interesting to explore even more. I yeah. Think. That's been. what he was getting to. I would agree. All right. Should we do the two brigadiers next? The two brigadiers. It's 2001 and brigadier Sir, Sir Alistair Lethbridge Stewart is feeling restless. His mind still on his recent adventure with the Doctor and Morgane. But then there's a knock at the door, and a familiar face asks for his help in finding an old friend who has gone missing. <laughs> so this is the true, two brigadiers in true Doctor Who fashion, not really being the two brigadiers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not in the way you think it is. In fact, that's the thing, is I thought, oh... Is Lethbridge Stewart going to meet up with a younger version of himself? That's or what himself I thought. From an alternate turn up timeline? Nope, it's simply Brigadier William Bishop, Brigadier <laughs> Lethbridge Stewart. That being said, I absolutely love this entire story. It was so much fun from beginning to end. It is the very definition of a romp. It has so much levity throughout the entire thing. Seeing Brig and Bishop. Brig and Brig together again and how they interact with each other and poke at each other and have fun and almost struggle to solve this issue. And then the, the fact that the bad guys are so ineffectual that these two pretty much reti- these two retired brigadiers can still handle the situation just fine, even though they're getting up in age and str- getting winded as they're doing it. It's <laughs> just so much fun and so entertaining reading the entire thing. I just had a, a blast. Every bit of that, I agree with, with the exception of the ineffectual. <laughs> you didn't find them funny? I did to a point, and I found myself laughing and giggling about it, but it almost takes it to too much of a cartoonish as- aspect of it that I'm not sure what to feel about that part of it uh-huh. because I, I, I don't think you could have done anything too serious because you're right. There is a lot of levity through this, and there's, there's a lot of... Of of light moments and joking and fun and this nice reunion and and, and, well, and with an older brigadier you can almost go morose with it and I'm so glad he went the opposite direction. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, but it's just the 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 what was the name of the species? The start with a C. I'm so I, bad. I don't at remember names. now. This is Ses- this has been even longer Ses- since I read Ses- these. Ses- well, this is but I actually read this twice. I read this when we first got it. Oh, did you? <laughs> and I read it again this weekend to remind myself of it. So, uh, Sessians, I think, is what they are. Sescians, Sessians. Anyway, regardless, I just i I don't know. Both both times that I've read it, I just felt like that seemed a little. It was almost too cartoon or too a little too. Uh, it was just a little too Hanna Barbera for me. I uh, I liked it, but I, I mean, I certainly didn't hate it. It didn't take. Sessatrons. What is it? Sessatrons. Sessatrons. That's it. It didn't completely take me out of the story, but it feels like it lifts you from the story just a little bit because it is such oddball in that point. Yeah. uh, But I liked it. I enjoyed it overall for all the same reasons that you said. To Uh, some extent, they almost felt a little trivially. 
Remember the aliens from the new series who are always getting conquered? Yes. They, they almost felt like that sort of alien where it's like, really? You're that? And that's oh, all right. You're that inept that you can't. Yeah. Uh, oh, I... So so that that's what I immediately linked it to. And I thought, oh, it's it's for humor aspect. Okay. Yeah. I And I, I even appreciated the fact that they did that so that they could maintain that level of levity. But it just, I don't know. I don't think you could have done it any other way because... I think the only peril is you don't know what's happened to Anne. So you still have yeah. that back of your mind. Where is Anne? What's going on? Um, I will admit that the... Anne showing up and saving the day ultimately, too, was kind of a nice treat. Yes, yeah. I, I, I will say that the to the lengths that they the cessations take themselves out was a bit too much. That I think that's my biggest maybe, problem. Maybe have, it's, it's almost, have the Brig and Bishop actually take out a couple before they take themselves out yeah. or have a couple remaining for the for them to have to actually fight. Then maybe that would take their their levity down a little bit so it's just at the right level. I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, they they didn't have to lift a finger during that entire fight. No, no. In fact, and, Hand is the only one that gets any sort of, you know, combat in there cuz she Yeah. So yeah, I suppose. I, so I suppose we. Oh, may not re- even combat because she uses the machine to t- and turns it on him. So, I, I suppose we, we we dodged around the issue when we did Lucy Wilson mysteries. That's the other thing that I thought was interesting was we don't know too much about Albert. No, uh, what's the son's name? Canal. No, no. no. Connell is is the is the, grandson. is the grandson, but obviously Lucy's not around yet. It's right. Albert and. Uh, the the wife, I think it's I Albert. Can't isn't her name. It? I think it's Albert. Okay, Albert seems to have a good relationship with his father. He seems a little yeah. concerned about him because he's so withdrawn. But now, this reading this story and reading Lucy Wilson mysteries, I now I really really want to know what has happened that has turned. It seems like something. Which I, I don't know if Lucy Wilson mysteries is going to explore that, or if another Lethbridge Stewart story is going to explore that now because we've had that in both worlds. We've had those characters in both worlds. Yeah. And now I'm curious to find out what event could have happened that would have turned Albert from being this Albert to the Albert we meet in uh, the Lucy Wilson mysteries. Yeah, that is a good point. So I'm really intrigued about that. But obviously, the cool thing about it is Connell obviously had the same relationship with Alistair as Lucy has. Yeah. And in fact, I think that's why they connect so well mm-hmm. in the book. And she's always wanting to talk to him because, so I think that's done. They've done a, done a nice they've job of a, carrying that they've over. They've really done a, and a, developing those connecting characters. a lot of this to that, especially since it's set so far in the future. Yeah. And I had forgotten until I read it this time that this has happened almost it's, this has obviously happened before invasion of the Bane. But right. it's happened right near after right on the, heels the of uh, Battlefield. Battlefield. So yeah. I didn't realize that the first time I read it. I didn't catch that until I read it this oh, time. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. Well, this place is that certainly here. Because there's so. quite a gap there. Yeah. And it, it's nice that I, I like the fact that we find out that Anne and Bishop get married and yeah. have a life together. And I think the unfortunate thing, and we talked a little bit about this with Andy, but I think the unfortunate thing about that is is that you'll always know that Anne's going to survive. You always know that Bishop's well, going to survive. Uh, you'll, to a point, you know, Samson's going to survive because I think he's even mentioned in the uh, Lucy Wilson mysteries, wasn't he? I don't remember his reference. 
I thought that he was, uh, is it Trina, Trista? What's the mom's name? Lucy's mom. Lucy I, and Connell's I, mom. I still can't remember. Whoever it is. Yeah. Uh, I thought that Samson was her dad. Oh. That was the impression I got from the Lucy Wilson mysteries, especially since she kept calling Grandpa Sam. Oh. So I, 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 never, I, I got... They don't go so far to confirm that, but that was what I thought they were implying. So I don't know if that's the case. I thought I think maybe she might be Samson's daughter. I don't know. Oh. I'm not sure. So I never picked up. Perhaps on we'll find that out later. Maybe. I don't know. One thing in Daughters of Earth, Bartlett shows back up. Yeah, I forgot about that. How could I forget? <laughs> I don't know how you could have forgot. It was Can't, a very small scene. My character gets a cameo in this. and Not many other supporting characters got oh, no. from the fifth. No, very few. A couple of them on the radio, and that's pretty much yeah, it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Maddox, she shows up. Yeah, no, I... Anything I, else about the two I, Brigadiers I, or all of these? I don't have a bad thing to say about any of these. I think they all are fine stories. Uh, I think, yes, two brigadiers, very enjoyable because of the levity, uh, crew oil, because of, of what it tries to do in such a limited yeah. space is good. And daughters of earth was, was a good read. I, th- I think the two brigadiers is one. I, we have, I, I enjoyed it so much. It's one. I think I will probably go back to when I want a good laugh. We haven't done a review of that story that follows two brigadiers, right? Or have we talked about that? That's the 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 it's it's like a two page story that Andy wrote. We did. We, we did, did talk that, about it. Uh, okay. Shortly, I think when it came out. Oh, we did because we got it with the two brigadiers, and we said we're not going to do the brigadiers now. We'll do that later, but we will. Okay. Right. Because I reread that again, and it oh yeah, so my I. eye again. <laughs> I love that little piece. Yeah, it's a it's a great it's little so piece. Good. All right, Keith. Well, what do we have coming up on the schedule? Next week, we return to uh, Big Finish World with Excellus Rising and Excellus Decays. And that is following Twin Dilemma for Friday Night Who. Uh, beyond that... Friday Night Who for the week after that. For the 10th will be the first three parts of the Sea Devils. And then we finish out Excellus with number uh, with uh, Bernie Summerfield in The Plague of Her- of Herds Excellus. And I think we'll probably talk about the entire four-parter as an arc. Uh, after that, we will do the final four three parts of the Sea Devils. And then uh, we will... Be back in the Lethbridge verse, Lethbridge Stewart verse, Brig verse, Brig verse, with the Dreamers Laments by Benjamin Burford Jones, and unlike the schedule says, we are not going to do Forty Eight Crash. <laughs> We're going to save that for save Havoc. that for Havoc Files for. That way we can review more of the actual Havoc Files instead of just a few smattering of stories. Uh, the rest is on the website. All right. Well, uh, if you uh, haven't become a patron of the website, well, you could do that by going to TravelingTheVortex.com. What that does is there's a link on that page to Patreon, and you can become a supporter of this podcast by donating to this show. Um, every bit of that goes right back into this show 100% uh, into this podcast, and uh, we appreciate if you could help support us. Absolutely. Anything else we need to do before we uh, check out this week, Keith? Uh, remember, you can send us feedback by going while you're on the website, p- giving us money. You can give <laughs> us your thoughts. 
by fill out the send us feedback tab uh, or you can send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com very good well if that's going to do it for this week until next week I'm Glenn I'm Keith cheers you almost say Sean I did I really did (laughs) cheers be seeing you thanks for listening you have been listening to Traveling the Vortex Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC no infringement is intended or implied Thank you.